Kyle Lee here again with another episode of The Shipping Manifest. Now, I know we teased that we were going to be doing Star Wars this week, but the other thing that we teased was that we were going to talk a lot about Endgame, and I'll give you one real quick guess as to what we talked about more. Yeah, it's Endgame. We talked a lot about Endgame in this episode. There's a lot of spoilers, and I apologize for that, but the Russos said it's okay, so I'm taking them at their word. So if you haven't seen Endgame yet, put this down and come back to it when you've seen the movie, uh, because I don't, I don't want to be the one to ruin anything in that wonderful movie. Uh, but we do get to ranking some stuff. We just do some... MCU-specific ships, because there are a lot of ships that have come out of these movies, but didn't really have their roots in the comics. So we talk about what we think about some of those. Uh, Obviously, there's plenty that we didn't get to, uh, so we'll probably revisit this topic in the future. Uh, But for now, I hope you enjoy us just totally going crazy over Endgame. Uh, I do want to give you a quick warning. We're going to start, and then there's going to be a a little interruption, and then we're going to be right back. I think it's like three or so minutes in. uh, We had to restart. Uh, But other than that, we should be good to go. Uh, So enjoy. Hello. Hello. What's up? Oh, not a lot. How about you? Oh, you know, just living my best life, trying to recover well, that... from Endgame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm i still trying to recover from it, too, um, because like I told you, it, it comes, it hits me in waves where I'll just, I'll think I'm okay. And then I'll get hit by a wave of remembering something that happened and it just destroys me. Yeah. And that's, oh man, it's rough. It's I rough. That's the and way we all are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and like we said at the end of last episode, we're, we're going to get into some end game spoilers. It's, it's just going to happen. And as today that well, when we're releasing it, Monday, the Russos said spoilers are on the table from that point. So if the Russos say it's okay, then I'm 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 just gonna let loose. Did you see Uh, did you see Evan's response to them and then their response to Evans? No. Oh, so he said when they ban was officially lifted on Monday, uh, he was like, Oh, does that mean I can start posting my set videos and my set pictures? And they were like, yeah, it does. And have we told you that you're the most reliable of the Chris's? And then his <laughs> response said, oh, great. That's way better than being the most handsome or talented or funny or interesting of the Chris's. So, yeah, take that, other Chris's. Yeah. And that's, was, that was funny. That's, that's perfect. That's because no one else has listened to that rule and has been, have been posting them. The, uh, if you haven't seen them, they are photos and videos that were taken when they weren't supposed to have phones on the set to avoid spoilers. Uh, <laughs> so they were taking them anyway. 
And also, if you watch any of them, almost all of them have Chris Evans in them making a funny face or Mm -hmm. running like an idiot or just like waving. And everyone else is busy working. And Chris immediately is like, oh, there's a camera. Hi, camera. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's he's a golden retriever of a man. He is. He's just eager to please. Uh, He's he's wonderful. And that movie shit it is it was it was everything i ever wanted it really really was uh because it had the unbelievable task of of concluding everything and they ended up uh taking care of uh Um, hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to call you back. We're going to start this over. Okay. All right. Let's try this again. <laughs> okay. No. Uh, so, uh, a little bit of explanation. I'm crashing at my grandma's house right now, um. uh, temporarily. And her neighbor just came over to, uh, turn on the water for the sprinklers. Uh, so it was just out of nowhere. Wasn't expecting it. Fair enough. Uh, Things happen. We're up and running now. All right. Uh, so anyways, we, we got kind of interrupted. Uh, we're going to talk about Endgame. And we're going to talk about Endgame spoilers because the Russos said it was okay. Uh, so Let me I, go back though because I found, the yeah. exact, I found the exact conversation and I want to read it okay. verbatim. Okay. So the po- the Russo brothers posted, if you haven't seen Endgame yet, see it this weekend. The spoiler ban lifts on Monday. And this was May 2nd that they posted that. Chris Evans replies, does that mean I get to start posting on Monday? The Russos reply, yes. By the way, did we ever tell you that you're the most reliable of the Chris's? Chris Evans replies, which is obviously way cooler than being the most handsome, funny, or talented. Take note, other Chris's losers. <laughs> oh, I love it! I love it. I'm, uh, I'm just still so excited <laughs> thinking about every part of that movie, uh, and and yeah, the the waves that I've been dealing with, where it, like. I'll, I'll, I'll be feeling fine and then I'll just think of on your left and it's like oh god god and and like I have to go through all of the emotions that 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 brings up because of how it ties back to the history and it's it's just so good <laughs> and, and the fact that they were able to go back and and do uh callbacks to things that you wouldn't have even thought would have been called back to is incredible yeah it was a level of attention to detail that I wish that they would have put in other places but I did appreciate it like I still I loved this movie and I thought it was great it was a good especially because I've been in it since I saw Iron Man 1 in the theater and I've seen every movie since except for one in the theater Um, or I've seen them all except for one and I just, it was a good, like, 
I've devoted 11 years of my life to this. So it was a good spot of like, okay, here's the cap to the like end of what's going on. We differ on the end for Steve. I just, it doesn't make sense to me. There's a lot, it's a big plot hole. There are a lot of questions that are still have unanswered about this choice that he made that I, and I think it's really dumb. But other than that, if you cut off, but my other, the other one that the other thing that I haven't brought up to you yet that just drives me crazy about it is that his entire story arc cap one through three has been about Bucky. And then he finally gets Bucky back and then just bails. (laughs) (laughs) He finally like Bucky is fine. He got him back from being dusted. And then he's just like, you know what? fuck off i'm gonna go get lost in time but but you have to look at you you have to you have to look at bucky's reaction when he's telling sam to go talk to steve because i know like i know bucky was in on it i know bucky was in on it but it's like it's still stupid because your whole story arc has been about bucky and then the minute he's finally back and you can finally have a minute to be like hang out with your friend and get back all of those years you lost with your best friend you just bail for pussy like I just I'm still mad about it I just think that there are too many plot holes by that decision and I we're never gonna agree (laughs) we're never gonna it's like it's it's such a it's such a like it's I I don't like when fan service is just for the sake of fan service and leaves more questions than it does give you answers like it just it's it's it just feels like a waste Honestly, I'm just happy that one of these went my way. <laughs> like, I'm just glad that, like, I'm not walking away from this movie being, like, you know, asking for that. Why couldn't we have just ended with an ice cream social? Like, why why does it have to be sad? Why do I have to be absolutely destroyed right now? Uh, I mean, but I feel like there was a way to move on without it being sad and also not have an ending that made more plot holes, you know, <laughs> like, I, I still think that we could have moved on even with, with Tony dying and have everybody have a good end. Like Tony and Natasha, that was the end of their arcs and they made sense. And that was why we killed them. Yeah. But Steve? like the, the entire thing uh, with Steve and the way that he's been described from the beginning, like if is that you he go makes back, selfish choices. No, that don't. <laughs> yes. No. If you if you go back to when they were talking about the making of the first Avenger, they constantly described Steve as a man out of time, and and they talked about how he never really felt like he was in the place he was supposed to be throughout all the movies and like so he he's just trying... leaves Bucky there? No. Bucky Bucky is his own man. And so why and... don't you just go fix other problems, man? Why was your biggest like you could have gone back to your time and like fixed problems and Who's still like he didn't um the fact that he didn't do that the only because they would have showed us those things they would have been like yeah he got married but also he fixed all these other problems i'm I'm just i just think it's messy and i think it's even if he did go back like and that's also just not it's not a great spirit of captain america either because i have years of comics of this guy coming out of the ice and adjusting and learning how to be 
you know, somebody who can function in this world that he might not be used to. And he moves on from things that he's lost. And he's, you know, he even moved on from Bucky and then Bucky came back. But like, yeah. he like was, he was a fucking grown up and moved on. And it was like, okay. And how come we haven't talked about Peggy since, you know, the big ha- first half of Civil War where she died. And then like, how, why are we still hanging on to Peggy, man? Like, we just got to let it go. Well, there are there are some people who have hypothesized that the way that it works is Steve goes back to a certain point in time, and that creates like a fractured timeline, and he stays there until Peggy dies at civil war and that's when he comes back and that's when he runs into bucky like that that's the theory right but that's not stuff that we're getting in the story though so it's like you can theorize all day long but at the end of the day it is still made a mess you've still made a mess you know and you've still caused a bunch of other fractured timelines and you've still made a lot of changes you've caused two in two entire people to not exist and like it's just, it's just a stu- it's just stupid. I and mean, it was based off of everything that we've learned. You can't just go do that. <laughs> like, that would be like, it's, it's just, it makes no sense. And I'm stick by that. It makes no sense. I, and I, also when he returned the, also the only other one that's been bugging me is if he, when he returns the soul stone to the exact moment that it was taken, then why didn't Natasha come back? Yeah. Because wouldn't that negate her sacrifice then if they returned it to before she died? From the moment that it was taken, she wouldn't have died. Right. So then wouldn't she still be fine then? Yeah. And I mean, like, you you also got to think about, like, does that mean that Steve injects the ether back into Jane Foster? Right. What, what is that like? I, that's, uh, that's the end I wanted. What? I wanted to see him go back and return all of these soul stones how does, for all of these how infinity turn, stones. How does he turn uh, the, I think it's the space stone back into the tesseract? Tesseract? Yeah. How does he make it back into a cube? Right. Like, I want. How does he entire... get back into that base that's already, he's already on watch? They're looking for a guy that looks like him. It, and and like it it does it does bum me out that we know that this was uh evan's last movie at least for the time being uh and and we can't depend on you know getting time cap like i i want the movie that is just what happened to cap from the point that he left <clears throat> to the point that he got back i want that movie I I just I, to, bet, I I bet it's fucking weird. I bet it's I a only weird I only want the scene like the only scene that matters to me of any of them is I want the scene where he returns the soul stone and sees the fucking red skull there and it's like well this is awkward. <laughs> yeah, I I just and 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 part of me knows that like as writers you get to that point and you're like oh this is a really elegant way to send him off and then like all of these other kind of weird questions start popping up and it's like we can't worry about that 
we, we just... I think there are more elegant ways to send them off. I definitely well, I know, don't. I know, I know. I, I think they just got married to it early on, and they were like, well, uh, let, let's just go with it. Let's just well, go. They, according to their actual interview, they literally just wrote it to fan, for fan service. They put no actual thought into it. So Great. And then that's yep. what I'm taking it and as. that's disgusting. That's disgusting. Care. I don't care. That's not how you write a movie, especially the end of a movie that has been 11 years of build up. You don't just go, eh, the fans will like it. Fuck it. Like, that's not how this works. Don't even care. And that bums me out. Eh. Man, that would have been a great, I know that they, for, they didn't do end, like, end credit scenes for a reason. But man, that, that would have been a great end credit scene of just like, the Red Skull and Steve just face to face for the first time since mm-hmm. in like seventy years. Mm-hmm. That would have been just real good, just like Chef's Kiss. Yeah, that would have been nice. But I get why they didn't. No, I do too. Um, yeah. So, so before we move on, I want I want to know what your favorite part was, no matter how big or small. Um, as my own fan service, yeah. Um, when they're in the Avengers compound talking about trying to go like the very beginning of the movie, when they just after Tony gets back and they're talking about going to find Thanos and get the stones back, mm-hmm. and Tony just like fucking rips Steve a goddamn new one and then just passes out. <laughs> I loved that whole thing because that has been their entire, like the entire, every interaction that they have had and every fight that they have had built up to that moment where he's been like holding back and like trying not to fight with Steve and trying not to like get involved in the argument and trying to like be the cooler head. And after everything that he has just been through and just like all of the people that he watched dust and like having Peter dust in his arms and then just being alone in space for 22 days. And then he just fucking obliterates him. And it was just, that was such a good moment for me as a Tony fan who has watched Cap kind of abuse him for the last 11 years. Yeah. It was really nice to finally see him just be like, you know what? Fuck off, dude. Like just fuck off. And I'm not saying that Steve deserved it, but I do think Steve deserved it a little bit. (laughs) Not in the sense that I think that he's always wrong about everything and that Tony hasn't done things that are wrong. Like, obviously, there are things that he has done to deserve Steve being mad at him. But also, there are things that he has very much made the choice of being like, I'm trying not to fight with you here and I'm trying to show you my... Like, all of Civil War, he spent the entire time being the the level head for most of it until it got to the point where Steve literally made them fight him. Yeah. Yeah. And so the fact that he finally just got to say everything that he has been feeling and thinking and just been like, you, this has all been shitty and you could have stopped it at any point. Yeah. And that, I liked that moment. And I also did, I, you know how I fucking feel about that little kid, man. (laughs) I'm so mad. Listen, I'm so mad because I fucking hate Pepper and I fucking hate that she was the main romance for all of the Iron Man stories because he is as we've learned from the Iron Man episode of our show, I have a lot of feelings about Tony Stark and his love life. Right. 
and literally anybody else on that in that movie in this in this world that they've built of the MCU literally anyone else in that situation has more chemistry with Robert Downey Jr. than Gwyneth Paltrow did and I just fucking hate it but the minute that little kid showed up I was like god damn it (laughs) (laughs) and this was the first this was the first movie where she hasn't been an antagonist to him he's she kind of lets him do his thing you know even even when he dies she's even there and is like it's okay you can rest and that oh fuck I'm gonna cry oh no (laughs) anyway what's your favorite part because I'm gonna cry if I keep talking uh, so if we want to go, I don't go... want to hear about the Peggy thing though. No, so besides that's, that, that's 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 not my favorite part. Um, although I did like it. Uh, my favorite part, if we want to go off of just what got the most excited reaction from me, uh, and this is why I said big or small, because it is a very small thing, and it's when. Carol is on the fucking hologram and she has her short hair. And I was just like, oh my God. Like I wasn't I wasn't expecting it at all. I was not expecting that at all. So when when they do the time jump and you go forward five years, and I'm kind of figuring like, eh, she's probably gonna look about the same. And she comes back with the shorter hair. I, I lost my mind and I know it's it's a very dumb and small thing but I I loved it it was fun no but I feel like there's a lot of those in this movie that like there's a lot of like just little little things again the little details that made you just kind of lose your mind for a minute yeah. like like yeah Steve holding like picking up Molnir was a great moment but the better moment for me was when when Thor came back later and Steve has Stormbringer and, or Stormbreaker and yeah. he, Thor swaps it and goes, no, you get the little one. <laughs> like, uh, like, there's no jealousy that you can, you are worthy. He immediately says, I knew it. You should be able to hold Mjolnir of anyone else on this battlefield. Yeah, yeah. But also when it he is a size queen, so it's like he is a oh no 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 you can hold my weapon but you get the small one you get the like sp- I am the badass here I get the big one oh man and that that was the thing like it would give you a little small thing but then it would like it would let it set in for just long enough until you forget it and then yeah. bring it back in such a cool way uh, right. The, it, and, and it was just three hours of that, that kind of thing where it was just like, man, that's such a good idea. Man, that was so like, that was so fun. And man, I can't believe that that they remembered that. Like, of course, I, I remember something dumb like that. I'm not expecting the movie makers to make it when especially when it's a movie that they didn't make. But, right. Oh my god. And now I just remembered the the entire part of the time heist when they go back to New York. Yes. Which is just absolutely brilliant in in everything that they do with it. It is it is so so good the way that they tied in stuff from the first Avengers, but also they brought in 
what happened with Winter Soldier because you have the Hydra guys there and you yeah. have all of these things going on <laughs> alongside the Hulk talking to the Ancient One and like you're getting a lot of exposition out of the way in a really quick manner while you're cutting back to all the stuff something else going interesting on. going on yeah they there's no wasted motion in this movie like you you are always seeing something happen that matters yeah and and it's it's just it's just incredible when you think about where we have come from with superhero movies and like what we had to put up with to get those like small, small morsels from the movie where it's like you would get those moments like, like Zack Snyder even tried to pull this in Batman versus Superman. When, when Batman grapples off uh, screen and then lightning strikes and he grapples, you know, off the other side. And and everybody was just like, oh man, it's just like the 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 part from Dark Knight Returns. And it's like, yeah, it is, but like the rest of the movie around it, it means nothing because it shows a complete lack of understanding about everything about this character. And the only person right. bringing anything that is Batman is the guy who's playing it, and he's doing his damnedest. Like right. he's really trying. And you all want to be shitty to him. Yeah. And 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 you compare that to Endgame, where it is just so not here for. I'm afraid to be a comic book, like the, it's right. it's it, that is so in the past. Like, and and as somebody who hates the original X-Men for the comment of what did you expect? We were going to be wearing yellow spandex or some bullshit like that because it was such a snotty way to act towards the fans of the property that you want to come see your movie. And, and you always had to deal with that, that coming from Hollywood where they yeah, they're going to make your superhero movie, but they're going to do it on their terms. They're going to design the costumes. They're going to, you know, write the stories. They're going to be the ones who determine how this whole, because they know movies. You might know comic books, but comic books don't work in the movies. Bull fucking shit. Because look at everything that has ruled from these MCU movies. It's when they actually do something from the comics and they pull it off so well. And they might make a little uh, adjustment to make it a little easier to understand for mass audiences. But for the most part, like that's it up there. It is it is what you read. It is the characters they they <clears throat> and they're there are definitely character issues that come with the MCU because, you know, you have multiple different writers, you have multiple different directors, each kind of getting a mixed message, especially when they're trying to distill down, you know, 60 years of history. Um, so we've had to deal with that. But for the most part, they, they've done everything that I could have ever hoped uh, with, with these movies. And 
uh, I still remember being in college and talking to my teacher about Robert Downey Jr. getting cast as Iron Man and like, man, you know, that was so weird at the time. And right. And now you can't think of anybody who would have done it better. Not even close. Not even close. And I think that that's something that needs to be pointed out uh, and talked about a lot more is the casting director for the MCU deserves a fucking medal of honor for the mm. for a lot of the casting choices like Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, like you know Hemsworth was an Australian soap opera star. Evans was the guy who played Johnny Storm in that bad Fantastic Four movie. Like, and and seeing through that and picking them for those roles, and then they absolutely crush it. Like, God, I remember every reaction to Chris Evans being cast as Captain America, and everyone going, "Oh, really? Uh-huh. Really? That's what we're gonna do? We're doing? We're giving Chris Evans another superhero movie? That's gonna be? Oh, it's not gonna be good. Oh no, he's gonna be bad. Uh-huh. And now everyone is like, "Oh, I regret everything I ever said. He's perfect. He's actually Captain America." Yeah. Like, and then, but I mean, also we got to know him better too. And I think the hardest part for me isn't that the movies that portion of the movies is over and now we're starting fresh with new blood mm-hmm. um, because I am excited about more spider more of a good spider-man and I am excited about more black panther yeah definitely. and I am excited to see them start to use properties that now that they now that they've seen that they can make a guardians of the galaxy work like I'm excited to see them play around with other properties and be like yeah no fuck it we can make a talking tree movie work why not like we can have fun with what we have and now that they own fox you know we might get some of these fantastic fours and get a really good fantastic four and get a really good Mm x-men you know or at least get to play with those characters the same way that they've been playing with spider-man and got to give us a really good spider-man yeah um but i am very sad to for the end of this portion of things and and a lot of these you know even scarlett johansson who i abhor and could not i cannot stand but they all genuinely love each other and you can feel that in the way that they make the movies is that Mm -hmm. they genuinely have a good time and they genuinely have a camaraderie and no one else is ever going to experience what they're experiencing together ever yeah, and it's like this is a once in a lifetime experience for all of them and all of them are very grateful for what they've gotten and all of them are very excited about what they do and it's like you can tell when somebody's in a movie that doesn't want to be there they're doing it for the paycheck yeah. but not a single one of them has done that and all of them are there and they love what they're doing and they love who they're playing and they love the growth of the character and they love seeing where things go and you know, even if they have to go through a couple of shitty Whedon movies, <laughs> you know, to get there. And, you know, Evans has to be drunk at the premiere of the movie to get through press. You know, but they were all in it together. And yeah. That's the thing I'm going to miss most is like you can tell how much fun that they have. 
And I'm going to miss seeing the press tours and I'm going to miss seeing the videos that they post. And I'm going to miss that kind of thing because that really was something special that was like an add on that also got me excited to go see the movie because it was like, you know what? They're having fun. So why can't I go have fun? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's a lot of it came from Downey because most of the people that picked took those roles were, you know, we wouldn't have had Mark Ruffalo as Hulk if. Robert Downey Jr. hadn't been his friend and been like, no, you've got to fucking do this. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Like, he convinced Evans to take the part of Captain America because he wasn't sure he wanted to do it. Like, all of the people, like, most of the people that we end up loving in those roles had Downey at some point being like, no, you've got to come and do it. Like, let me sell you on why this is going to be fun. Like, and he really did help build that world. And he really did help keep it together more than just, oh, I started everything. Like he really did take an interest in building this as, as much as the studio did. Absolutely. And yeah. And so it was like, oh man, I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> we got to move on or I'm going to cry. <laughs> well, I, I mean, we can't move on without talking about that moment when he stood up for his castmates to make sure right. that they were getting paid because th- when when they first signed on for those movies they were obscenely underpaid like, well and that's because he has this he has so he has a specific contract that is designed to protect the studio mm-hmm. but the way this movie worked because it was a franchise and that contract had never existed for a franchise for him before mm-hmm. it ended up making him a shit ton of money <laughs> because he is contracted for he gets residuals and he gets merchandising information but everything he gets is on the back end of completing the work because mm-hmm. of his sobriety clause so for him to protect the investment for the studio and giving him the job and that's every movie he ever does he is required to complete not only filming but also any sort of press junkets or any sort of negotiations or anything that needs to happen after the fact before he gets paid Mm -hmm. and it all comes out in very large amounts so whatever he negotiates the pay for he gets it huge so when he didn't sign for very much for the first movie. Actually, Terrence Howard made more money on Iron Man than he did. But by the time it got to Avengers, they were paying him more because he was kind of carrying this thing into the Avengers. He was the reason they were getting to make the Avengers is because his first movie paid off. Mm -hmm. And so he was able to negotiate, hey, I'd like to make a little bit more money. So after the first Avengers came out and then everybody, he realized that everybody made way significantly less than he did like it was absurd how much money he made compared to the rest of them one of his situ one of his his was back up for a contract negotiation because he they also when he started this they didn't sign him for 700 movies like they have everybody else he signed for a couple of movies let's see how it goes hope for the best at minimum three of three iron man movies and an avengers movie and he signed, he was up for contract negotiations at the end of Avengers because he only had one more Iron Man movie to complete. And in order to get him back, he had to resign. And he said, okay, but we're also going to renegotiate everybody else's paycheck because I'm not going to make this shit ton of money if nobody else is making money. Mm-hmm. And so now you have things like Tom Holland making $1.5 million to play Spider-Man in a Spider-Man movie 
when and in Avengers movies and before when all of the other cast for Avengers they were making less than a million. Oh, and way. he was making like 25 million or something ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And like he made 75 million on Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> like but he also made sure that he took care of everybody else. Yeah. You know, and he also him and the other uh, the rest of the men also made sure that they didn't fuck over Scarlett Johansson and be like all the guys are going to get a shit ton of money but the girl's going to get nothing. No. And so he was like, everybody makes what I, everybody makes a certain amount of money. And he renegotiated for, on that contingency that at least with a team movie, they were making, you know, they were making a good amount of money too. They weren't going to be under a million. Mm-hmm. So, which is great. Like he's, he's so great. And I just, I'm so sad that he's gone, but I'm also glad that Tony gets to not do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that Robert Downey Jr. gets a break and gets to go do other things because that's been his biggest thing in the last when he keeps showing up in movies like he wasn't contracted to do Civil War. He wasn't contracted to do to do Mm Spider-Man, but he did it because they asked him and he was like, all right, I'll do it. He was really only contracted to do two more Avengers movies and that was it. And then they were like, but also Civil War. And he's like, all right. (laughs) <laughs> and then it, also can you be in spider-man for a little bit you don't have to be there a lot but just a little bit okay fine sure. you know and it's just he's also pushing 60 he's tired he's, he's got two kids he's got two little kids that are at the age now where they're gonna start noticing dad's gone <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he just he's got a production company he wants to go do other stuff and i get it and i understand this has been 11 for him it has been the full 11 years yeah and you know the other people got to bounce out here and there and, you know, do other stuff. But he has been stuck here for this last 11 years doing this, doing this movie. He was even, movies. he was even in Incredible Hulk. Like that's right. how, how committed he's been to this whole thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and only two people from that movie are still around. Yeah. They've replaced it, everybody else. It's him and General and William Hurt. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's it's crazy. And I and I just think about like how many stars have been made through through this. Like people who are heavy hitters in Hollywood and before they were in a Marvel movie, like nothing. Oh uh, yeah. It's it's really incredible. Well, and, like, you know, Evans has gotten to direct, and, Mm -hmm. like, that was his dream. Like, that's what he wants to do is be a director. You know, the acting thing was kind of just his way to get to directing, and now he gets to direct because people know his name and they associate him with stuff. He gets to to pick and choose projects now. He doesn't have to do stuff just to pay the bills anymore. And, like, that's, like, a gift that he was given because, God, he hates doing some of those bad movies, but he doesn't because he needs the money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now he never has to again. Right. He never has to do a Scott Pilgrim again. How dare you? And, you know, Hemsworth gets to do all kinds of great shit now. Like, he was nobody and he was in five seconds of of Star Trek. Yeah. And then now he gets, now he's a household name and everybody knows who Chris Hemsworth is. And, Mm -hmm. like, I'm sorry that we all have to deal with Chris Pratt. We really, we really screwed up there. Yeah. But, like, you know, we gave him just enough rope. 
Good lord. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm ex- I'm like, and now look, little Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. The future's so bright for him. Yeah, yeah, he's he's gonna be okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we spent a lot. We spent thirty minutes talking about Endgame. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was. I was borderline gonna say let's just talk about Endgame the whole episode I mean, we could just make this a, spe- a very special episode where all we do is just talk about the the end of the mcu as we know it and the changeover yeah we could uh but i mean let's at least rank one thing um <laughs> i how about we how about we rank we could just do a you know i know it would have been good timing to do star wars today since yesterday was may the 4th yeah. Um, but also, like, I don't know. I still just need to come down from Endgame. We could we could rank specifically MCU ships. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I I would be totally okay with that because we're never gonna be because let's be real, we'll never be able to do a full cap episode because he doesn't really have a lot of love interests that are worth mm. talking about. No. And we're never, and we already have done the big. Tony and we've already done the big Tony Steve one uh-huh. um, you know but there's a lot of ships that have come out of the NCU it's been 11 years I know we, we can do Star Wars next time okay Star Wars isn't going anywhere no we we got we got we got some months to, Listen. to fill in until we get to episode nine right so like that's just how it goes sometimes sometimes we're just gonna switch it up on you yeah Sometimes we're just going to roll the dice. We're going to have be affected by the world around us, and right now I'm affected. I'm still affected by Endgame. Yeah, yeah, I am too. I am majorly, majorly affected by that movie. Um, who? So who? Who? Who should we start with? Well, we can just get this one out of the way since I don't want to talk about it for very long, and I have I don't feel anything for it. So okay. we can get your Steve and Peggy out of the way. Okay. Awesome. All right. I don't hate it. I just, I wish it wasn't made such a, it, it just on my end, it's just been made a bigger deal than it actually seemed to be from either the source material or from even the movie. Like it just feels like it became an entity. It was, and- it was one of those situations where because we got so little of it, it was it was one of those situations where the fans ended up taking it uh, way further than the actual canon did, and yeah. it was it was just this feeling of just an immense sadness about like the the fact that they were they were just getting to know each other and and like they had they they lost any potential that they had between them so it was just this feeling of like sadness and wishing it could be better uh because steve gave that up uh in order to save the world uh so it's that's where a lot of the connection comes from uh so and then and then they have teased that out uh, throughout the movies, you know, you have the part in Ultron where uh, Steve is imagining 
you know, Peggy's there and you have the reconnection in Winter Soldier and you you have her on her own show who, you know, she's trying not to pine after somebody who is, you know, to her clearly gone, but she still has feelings that she's dealing with and she's trying to, you know, work out how to how to deal with them. Uh, so that's where a lot of the relationship love comes from, at least for me, because I just saw something very sweet and wholesome there that you don't really get a, a lot. And, and it was just one of those nice things that I, I just latched onto because, because Cap never really does have that uh, romance in, in the comics. He never, he never hits that level of connection with somebody in, in the comics, which is... No, he does. He's got, I mean, he's got Sharon. Uh, yeah. And you can't tell me, you can't tell me that Sharon is worse than Peggy, because, listen, we know per- Peggy is not, is like, she's, at this point, she's not a real character. She's just whatever the fans have built her up to be. Yeah. Like there's very little source material and there's very little information that we have about Peggy as a character. And as like, she is not fleshed out. She is definitely like, I am a token female love interest character that the fans have made her a bigger deal than she is. Yeah. And, and with, she really only had one season of of her show where she was her uh and then that got confused in that uh second season that i i really do not like uh i I mean and i get why people like the idea of it but again i feel like at this point a lot of that comes from just like what fans have projected onto it rather than what was actually there Oh and yeah. Also, my issue is that I guess my biggest issue with it is just that I know too much about behind the scenes stuff because I like to read that stuff uh-huh. and I like to be I'm interested in in stuff about how things get to where they are. And like I guess my issue is that she was never even intended to be a love interest because in the comic books she isn't. Uh-huh. She's not really like I think they like maybe flirt a little bit, but it's not ever a, a thing. It's not ever this great epic romance. It's a this was a, a thing of convenience and now we've kind of both moved on from it or she moves on from it or he goes into the ice and like he comes out and the first thing he's worried about is Bucky. Like uh-huh. and the biggest thing that stood out to me and why it's been such a like it just it hits me in a, in a weird way because the old only reason that they made her a love interest in the movie is because the studio knows was it was too gay oh yeah (laughs) and so like i'm like first of all okay fine you're uncomfortable with men having affection for each other whether or not they're a couple like okay i can see i understand i i too wear ship goggles but people are going to ship it whether or not there's a female love interest in there anyway. Mm. So I feel like this just disingenuine to insult our intelligence that like men can't have a close relationship or be close to each other, especially with the backstory that you've given them. And he ha- they have way more backstory than he- him and Peggy do. And here's just this British woman who nobody can explain to me why she's British. 
because she's not in the comics and like why is Brit and there's like half-assed reason why this British woman is working with the Americans and is on this level of intelligence that makes zero sense whatsoever like intelligence as the as the entity not she shouldn't be intelligent just she shouldn't have that much as a foreign body should not be in that level of intelligence in the military like it makes no sense and then now they're now they're in like in this unforgettable love story it's like they knew each other for 20 minutes (laughs) really he's this broken up about somebody and like Especially when you look into the later movies, too. It's like, by when she dies in Civil War, and when they meet again in in Winter Soldier, like, she says, I lived a life, and I was happy, and I, like, met the man that I, that I married because of you. You saved his life, and he wouldn't have existed if you hadn't been there. And so, like, she had a life, and she moved on from Steve at some point. Mm-hmm. So, like... It isn't a tragic story. It's a, yeah, it didn't, it's something that didn't get to get off the ground, but like, so were a lot of romances, you know, there are plenty of people that you meet in the day that you might have an attraction to, or like you get ghosted by, or like, it just doesn't work out for whatever reason it doesn't work out. Like, and in some alternate timeline somewhere, maybe it did work, you know, maybe I do have an ex-boyfriend that I got married to and it, it ended up being a different, I had a whole different life in an alternate universe, but like, this isn't for me it just never was a tragic love story it was just a okay well some you win some you lose some (laughs) sometimes you sometimes you get to have a life with that chick and sometimes you nosedive a plane into the arctic yeah i don't know know. and 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 that's part of that's part of why i appreciated the ending of endgame so much because yeah, granted, what they have done in the actual movies doesn't really suss out that much of a relationship. Um, but it was it was weirdly like it was like watching a movie and it's like, hey, you know that headcanon you have? We have it too. All right. And I was just like, cool, thanks. I'm I'm glad that we're on the same page about those events. Uh, it was. It, it felt like they were acknowledging that I had built this up in my head, um, which yeah, I know, I know. In the movies, it's not there uh, to the level that it is in my head. I get that. That's fine, and that's all I'm saying. Is it's like it's just it's a it's a ship that's entirely based off of what Fanon has brought to it. And if you actually go back and watch the movies, there it really isn't this epic romance. It is a, hey, this is a chick that I thought was hot. We made out one time and maybe I would have danced with her, but instead I nosedived a plane into the Arctic to save the world. And like, that's it. Like, that's the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Like>, okay, <laughs> let's move on. And then she dies. And like, it's over. And I don't know. It just, for me, it was like, you've built this person up to be way more than she actually was. Yeah, that's fair. So, so here's where I'm, I'm thinking about putting it on the list. Uh, I'm thinking right below Dick and Bruce. Wait, wait, wait. You're going to put it on the list? Yeah, we're ranking stuff. No, it's a Captain America reference. I'll put it on the list. Oh, ah, shoot. You got me. <laughs> was i was i was in a i was in a different mode uh 
So, so what, where I'm thinking is uh, right below Dick and Bruce, but above Matt and Natasha. That's fine. Like that's that's a, yeah, a that's fair. Down, but it's it's not where you know, it's not in the basement. It's really, it's yeah, like completely middle. Yeah. Okay. All right, that is going to be our game number 28. Steve also, Rogers. when Sharon was born, it's going to be real fucking awkward, I'm just saying. Yeah, look, there's a lot that I'm I'm just kind of breezing by with, with the way that that ending goes. I fucked her in the future. Excuse me? I did not. What did you just say to me? That you just not. you just said you fucked my niece in the future. They uh, they did yep. they no they didn't they 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 barely kissed and like no 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 don't be gross. I'm not gross. It's true. He mm. thought about it at least. Mm. No, you know who made it gross? The writers who made him go back in time. Uh, <laughs> and like I can't even say anything because they wrote Winter Soldier too. Yep. <laughs> so they like, sure did. So they they it's not even like they they screwed up their own thing. It's not like they took something. It's not like we're ignoring Natasha and, and Hulk. You 100% knew what happened in Winter Soldier and in Civil War. Man. Uh, and it's not like Steve didn't know because he was at the funeral in Civil War where it was revealed that she was Sharon's niece so or uh, she was Peggy's niece so he knowingly went back having at minimum made out with his future niece you're a perv Steve you're a perv (laughs) Steve has a kink and it's women named Carter yeah 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 all right we're moving on um well we could just jump into steve and sharon then bad (laughs) like i i'm disappointed uh that they wasted emily van camp and that's all i'm gonna say on that yeah because i love her she's very talented she's really good i watched Listen, I watched all four seasons of Revenge. It was not a great show, but she was fantastic in it. And that movie gave, or that show gave me so much hope for what Sharon Carter could have been. And God, did we waste her. I was excited to see Sharon Carter in something. Yeah. Because I don't love Sharon in the comics. I, uh, but boy, is, is, it weird, is it weird that I still have like this residual resentment that she got mind wiped and uh killed steve like i still i still hold it against her her fault no i know that's not her fault especially that's like that's also shitty because it's like that's saying that when it happens to a woman it's bad and we are going to resent her for it, but we're not going to resent it anytime it happens to any of the other men characters it happens to. We don't resent Bucky for killing people when he was mind wiped, but we resent Sharon because she killed Steve. Oh, are you, are you saying that you don't resent Bucky for killing Tony's parents? 
Kelsey doesn't. No, Kelsey loves Bucky. Tony does, but Tony also probably, you know, but that's just in the moment, you know? And in comics, that didn't happen. So I had a relationship with Bucky before I before the movies. Mm-hmm. But, like, we, we let Bucky get away with it, but we don't let Sharon get away with it. Or, like, when Tony... Like, that was exactly Tony's point in the comic book version of Civil War is, like, that we pick and choose who gets to w- gets away with this stuff. So, like, he also was mind-controlled and killed a bunch of people. But it, since they weren't people that we cared about, it's fine. But then it happens to Sharon and we're all mad at her because she killed Steve, who did come back, by the way. He didn't stay dead. <laughs> like, like, I, like I said, it's, it's, not, it's not a full-on, like, I dislike her. It's just one of those, like, it's one of those things that's hard for me to forget. Uh, you, know who else, you know who else has a hard time forgetting that? Fucking Sharon. Yeah, yeah. Which and you know is what? True, which is if true. Steve can forgive her, so can you. I, I'm not saying I didn't forgive her. <laughs> I, I'm just saying that it's one of those things that kind of creeps in when she shows up, and I'm just like, mm, all right, okay. <laughs> like it's it's not it's not great. Listen, I don't hate Sharon. I don't I don't hate her with some of the vile hatred that most people hate her. Oh, I don't hate her either. No, I know. I'm just I'm just saying for just moving back into the ship portion portion of things. I think right. the people that don't like her, especially from comics, since we don't have much of her in the movie, um, are people that come from. I want Steve with this other male character and like she's like the prime example of you're mad at a female character for getting in the way of your non-canon ship. Yeah. That's never going to be canon. And I especially when I was like very heavy into the fandom of like Steve and Tony, a lot of people who liked Steve and Tony did not like Sharon because she was in the way of Steve being with Tony. And I'm like Mm-hmm. It, it ain't happening, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. So why be mad at the canon female character? Like, you know, not a great look. Yeah, she didn't do anything wrong in the moment. No, and this was like pre Civil War too. So it's like she didn't do anything wrong other than love Steve. Mm-hmm. And if you like Steve, don't you want him to be happy? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Did you listen to all the women I talked about and how much I love all these women that Tony has loved and never once did I get mad at them because it, they weren't Steve? Not a single There's time. There's room for everyone at the table. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I think they did Sharon Dirty in the movies. 100%. Uh, I, I, I can't disagree with that because like, there are a couple of things that she does in that movie that, that is cool and you're like all right yeah. all right sharon but for for some reason everything between her and steve felt forced uh in a in a way that like i personally wasn't expecting um well now i think we know why because their end their end game oh, was that oh. they wanted steve to go back and be with peggy yeah so, of course, you're going to make it forced with Sharon. He was never going to love her. Yeah. Stupid. It's true. It's true. And it's waste- probably why they kept it at a kiss. Stupid. Where they were like, all right, the, you know, if we have them, like, 
kiss each other awkwardly, that's something that we can we can kind of explain our way out of later. Man, even Sam and Bucky were in the backseat being rooting for him. Yeah. Yeah. Just did dirty the share poor Emily Van Camp. Also, I heard some things too that made Haley Atwell like like off the pedestal for me about how she treated Emily Van Camp, so I don't love that. Oh, really? Yeah. We can talk about that later, though. It has nothing to do with this podcast. Yeah. Okay. But. Okay. So, so where are you kind of thinking for for Stephen Sharon? Um, I mean, I don't have any strong feelings about it, other than I think that she deserved better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, even I, if you didn't have them be a ship, she could have shown up in the movie. Like, she's still a part of this. Yeah. She got dragged in. Like it, it, it has come to the point where it's like, did she like die elsewhere? What, like, why, why is she not showing up at all? Right. Um, it is a little weird uh, that they just kind of ignore that uh, that she did exist. Yeah. Um. Like Natalie Portman. Right, Natalie Portman, who hated being in the Thor movies, came back for a cameo in this movie. She didn't film anything new. Like that was that was old footage from Dark World that they. No, some of it wasn't. No, like the, I I I was looking into it, and apparently, oh, was it? She did new was a little bit of voiceover for when you hear her off screen. That's the only thing new uh, that she actually did. Um, but she still did it. Yeah, she did it. Oh, like she came to the premiere of the movie. Like the the two people that I'm the the most annoyed about not showing up in Endgame are Coulson and Sharon. Like those two not showing up at all. You get Robert Redford out of retirement, but like those like Coulson and. Listen. Sharon, no. Listen, I could do a whole podcast on how pissed I am that Colson wasn't at that motherfucking funeral. I, I'm. How fucking dare you? The only explanation that I have is like something happens to him in Shield. Like that's okay. They already said a long time ago that the powers that be, Kevin Feige, does not give a shit about the TV properties. So yeah. he has already said that so whatever's going on in the TV does not have any effect on what's going on in the movies. So fuck it. You could have still had Coulson show up. Nobody would have cared. Yeah. We're still watching Agents of Shield, not people who actually enjoy the Marvel MCU. I tell you that's for sure. Yeah, but but that's why I was so amazed that they actually brought Jarvis back. Like that that popped me to see Jarvis in in a movie because he's the first. I'm so glad we got Jarvis. He was the first, and so far only, TV character to show up in a Marvel movie. Yeah, but to be fair, he is a character that does exist in the world. Like, a lot of the characters that were on the, that are on the TV show were made up for the TV show where were such minor characters that, like, yeah. it didn't matter. But, like, Jarvis is somebody that ha- has alluded to having existed, did exist outside of just being on TV, and is part of the Iron Man lore. Mm-hmm. So I understand why he's the one that made that leap. Because it, has a, it was implied by by the fact that Jarvis was the name of his field that a Jarvis did exist in his life and that he did know the 
the a human version of a Jarvis that he based it off of. Which while while we're talking about that scene, like I just want to bring up how I've always had an issue uh, squaring the performance that John Slattery gives as Howard Stark and the one that Dominic Cooper gives because they are wildly different characters. I, and I'm so bummed that I'll never get to see the fall of Howard Stark. Yeah. Like I'll never get to see the moment that he just like that switch changes and like, he just becomes this awful person because he's such a joy in Captain America and in Peggy and in Agent Carter that like I want to know what was the exact moment where like what part did, was it alcoholism like what was it that brought him down to be the, the monster that Tony remembers yeah it, do, it doesn't make sense and it's something that I've never really been able to uh, get past with, with yeah. these movies because they are two different people like it is it is a night and day thing because even before they cast Howard Stark, like in Captain America, we already knew we had this history with Tony and his dad that Mm -hmm. we knew. So it was a shock to see such an enjoyable version of Howard that I am just, I was bummed because that was what my investment was in Peggy Carter was getting to see Howard changed from this guy that we really enjoyed and that had was you know full of energy and very funny and like kind of a douche but like in a like like his son a douche with a heart of gold you know and he's like he means well but he might just do it in the wrong way I wanted to see how he became what he became and how he ended up being this like angry alcoholic that abused his kid but yeah R.A.P. we'll never get it never happening unless for some reason disney plus is like i don't know howard stark the tv show there you go. <laughs> the story the, the story of young howard stark yeah preacher gets canceled and dominic cooper's got nothing better going on he's like sure i'll come back and do it why not preacher is ending on after the next season i know so i know i don't know why not sure let's why get, not let's get weird get jarvis back in there yeah james James darcy's got nothing else going on sure i'm sure you know i'm sure Haley atwell would come back of course what else she doing nothing i think she had these last brief moments of fame where she's peggy oh rip i mean the lot of what she's done since has not been great so (laughs) you're you, you are not wrong uh which has been uh difficult to deal with um okay so i'm thinking how do you feel about putting this under wanda and vision that's fair because i'm i'm kind of lumping it together where it's like a a canon ship from the comics that wasn't quite done right in the mcu yeah that's fair i agree Yeah, Wanda and Vision. Uh, I don't. I don't know how they're gonna make that into a TV show because I don't. I won't watch it. I don't care about either of them. Yeah. So. It, it just sounds boring. 
I didn't care about the Loki show, but then I heard that the plot is he's the Loki that escaped in that in that moment in Endgame. Uh-huh. And, I'm like, I, and he's like going around fucking with history. And I'm like, that's the show I kind of want to watch. Absolutely. <laughs> because Absolutely. my favorite thing about Endgame is that Loki died like a chump and didn't come back. Uh-huh. <laughs> and now you you're making him like an uh, a time traveling mis- mischief maker are you kidding me he's, he's like he's like the evil doctor who like he just <laughs> travels times and instead of helping with history and helping humanity he just fucks with everything he's just going around making bad timelines yep oh, i love it God. like i i can't wait i can't wait for for evil quantum leap <laughs> oh, it's gonna be great all right well since we're still on a we could just keep going on the cap train since most of them are with cap that come out of the movie true um we could do Stephen bucky because that's not a ship in the comics <laughs> well because he was a goddamn child <laughs> yes he was uh, which makes it a lot like uh, Dick and Bruce, uh, in a in an interesting way. Although yeah. you don't have what Dick father son thing. Well, not only the father son thing, but you had the intervening years where Dick grew up alongside Bruce. Whereas right, whereas Bucky, Bucky grew up as an assassin instead. Exactly. Uh, so it, it kind that kind of tweaks it as well. So, you know, he knows him when he's a kid, but then when they're reunited 70 years later, they're both like roughly the same age somehow. Uh, but see, I, I think that makes it weirder because the only memories that Steve has in comics of Bucky are of him as a child. True. And so with at least with Bruce and, and Dick, it's like Dick has grown up and he is he knows for a fact like this kid has grown up. Like I have seen him grow up. I know he's an adult now and I can make I can reason with that. Whereas with, you know, with Bucky, it's like, I remember you as a child and now you're an assassin. And uh, what the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it just it's a little bit of a weirder gray line. Because it's a, you're an adult now. I see that you are. I don't. I don't know how we're roughly the same age, but I definitely remember you running around in tights. Yeah. And it is. Why do we have a kid in a war zone? And like now that I'm thinking about it, I don't remember anyone in like fandom shipping Stephen Bucky until the movies. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I, I definitely think that it has entirely come from the movie because they had such a close relationship and because their age gap wasn't there. Yeah. And, you know, whereas so like the love story that I expect to come out of it, first Avenger is not between Bucket, like even without caring about ships either way. Uh-huh. It is definitely a very clear ship between Bucky and like Bucky and Steve have such a close relationship that I get why people are like, Oh, I get it. Yeah. Bucky was in a position of taking care of Steve. They looked out for each other. They protected each other. They supported each other and they had a very close relationship. They lived together. And, you know, that loss of Bucky was much more of a profound loss for him 
because they had years like they've had only each other for so long mm-hmm. and so I get I get the mentality and the the struggle and as much as I don't agree with it I get where I get his struggles in Civil War more about hey this is a guy that meant so much to me and I am just trying to protect him the way that he has always protected me Mm -hmm. I get that base level of it and so that to me I get where the ship comes from because it again the studio note was this is too gay throw in this woman right um because it is it's like and they do have really good chemistry together and like I get it and Sebastian Stan is just so darn charming yes well and that that's the thing you put Sebastian Stan and Chris Evans on screen together and it's going to be a charm factory right like everybody's everybody's swooning the whole time um so yeah it, it is it is one of those things where once once you get to how the movies kind of tweaked things and and made them not only closer in age, but also put Bucky in a position where he was the one protecting Steve. Uh, And then you have that flipped dichotomy once they actually are in the war. And you, you see the way that the power dynamic changes between them and how that affects their relationship where now there's more one-upsmanship because Steve can keep up. Uh, right. And now he's, you know, passing Bucky by. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is, it is pretty interesting to think about how those two small alterations to these characters completely changed their dynamic uh, as far as how it was viewed in the previous 70 years. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I think the it's it's interesting because I would say that it's closely resembling uh Tony and Pepper uh and how their relationship was tweaked uh weirdly enough in the opposite direction to make it more romantic at least as they saw it um Yeah. But it is peculiar uh that that without those changes that that's not a ship that anyone has except for creepazoids yeah i want to i want to go back to the 90s and and find one person who ships cap and bucky and i want to slap them in the face yeah they're also somebody that shows up on chris hansen's show so yeah you you got they're also somebody who walks into a kitchen with a camera crew and and Chris Henson saying, why don't you have a seat? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Brody. Um, okay. Yeah, no, I just, I don't know. I just feel like they have a very profound connection and it just, I like, he burns his life down for that, for, for this one guy. Yeah. And if that isn't, if that isn't a ship, I don't know what is. Because Absolutely. He, he really does. He's, he really does say, you know, let the bridges I burn light the way. Uh-huh. Because uh-huh. he fucking burns a lot of bridges over Bucky. Yeah, he he holds on tight. He really does. Uh, which, like, admittedly, they they didn't 
do a whole lot to steer out of that skid once they made Winter Soldier because like everything about them fighting each other it gets gets pretty gay. No, I think uh, you know what? Because I think at the time it wasn't Marvel Studios yet. So it was whatever the connection connecting studio was with Marvel that was helping them make the movie. Uh-huh. They weren't officially fully Marvel Studios when Cap One was made. I was thinking so, that Cap One was the first that was all Marvel. Mm-mm. It wasn't. It was definitely not until after Phase was One. Was it Thor? Mm-mm. It wasn't until after Phase One. Oh, that's right. Okay, so I think it was Paramount that yeah. was helping. So I think it was more of a Paramount thing than it was a, it was a Marvel thing. Right. Because very Civil War would have been a, and Winter Soldier would have been much different movies if the note was this is too gay. Uh-huh. Because there was even with Sam too, like there's a lot of stuff in there that's like, ooh, this is you just change one line, that's gay. Yeah. So yeah, I think I don't think it was a Marvel Studios note. I think it might have been more of a Paramount note. Uh, just for a little bit of added context, since we're talking about where we were when Cap One came out compared to where we are now, uh, right now Paramount Studios is uh, trying to redesign Sonic the Hedgehog as quickly as possible. Uh, so it doesn't give Marvel, you nightmares. Whereas Marvel uh, has already become the second highest grossing movie of all time yeah. uh, in in its second weekend. So Marvel doing yeah. a little bit better once they right. took the reins. Just, just a little bit. And like give it another weekend and it's going to be the highest grossing movie of all time. Which so. means... Nobody will ever care about Avatar ever again. God, if only. I just, uh, like, I am pinning so much hope on nobody fucking showing up for Avatar 2 when that comes out. I just, I desperately, desperately, desperately want those movies to bomb. Well, because I don't think it has a, I don't think it has a following. It has... People that went and saw it because it was the next James Cameron thing, but what has James Cameron done in the last few years? Not not a whole lot. He's like, he's been interviewed about a lot of really bad Terminator movies. He's been interviewed and like you know been blasting the MCU and blasting yeah. and blasting um, the DC expanded universe till the cows come home. But uh, hasn't been making a lot of stuff other than pitching all of his hopes on Avatars becoming a franchise 15 years later. Yeah. And, and, and the thing that uh, is just so incredible is everybody talked about how, how did Avatar become the highest grossing movie of all time, but it has left zero cultural impact. Right? Well, I, it was just because a lot of people went, this looks cool, and went and saw the movie, yeah. and then realized it wasn't after they'd already paid for the ticket. Yeah. And, and like, you can't say that about Endgame. No. Like, Endgame is going to have a profound effect. Uh, it's going to ripple through, yeah. through a lot of things. Um, yeah. Uh, f- oh God, I hate 
I hate right, Let's rank Stephen Bucky because we keep getting sidetracked. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be a five-hour-long podcast if we don't pick this up. You, you got a point. I, I do still have Game of Thrones to watch tonight. All right, we'll get you to it. We'll get gotta you. Gotta make dinner before that. Your horses. I have to go to bed. I have to work tonight. Um. Okay, so. I would I would definitely say that it's better than Stephen Peggy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would put it up there because, like, it's a I you know I get where the shit. I mean, where do we have Stephen Tony? Stephen Tony. Or uh, whoops, uh, <laughs> Stephen Tony, are uh, below Stephen Peggy. Okay, well, I would put Stephen. I would put Stephen Tony above Stephen Peggy, but I know that was, I think that was partly because this movie was they were pretty gay. So yeah. also, oops, I'm back on my stony trash. Also, I'm I'm just throwing this out there, but this is the sort of decisions that happen when I'm the only one who has the list open. So you make your own bed. No, we discussed it. I just now I would have ch- now I want to change my mind. Yeah. That's all. We discussed it. I know I you didn't just do it yeah yeah also again I would love to open the list it takes 45 years we don't have that kind of time I know I know an end game now uh all right so um I'm thinking it's it's a ways above Steve and Peggy so like yeah I would put it somewhere in like the 20s yeah so our number 19 right now is uh, Tony and Wasp. I, I would put, I could put it above them. Yeah. Above, above them. Yeah. So uh, right above Tony and Jan, it's uh, Batgirl and Supergirl. Um, I mean, I would put it above Batgirl and Supergirl too. Yeah. Because I can find, I can find stucky fic like nobody's business I cannot find it's it is a chore to find Batgirl and Supergirl yeah tell me I, about it I trip uh, and I find stucky fiction and yeah. pictures and art yeah yeah I know um then we have Roy and Donna yeah I'd still say higher uh Superboy and Miss Martian comfortable underneath that yeah i'm i'm good with that too so that's our new uh number 17 that's all right good showing good showings for a ship i don't even ship yeah neither of us ship it no all right do we we've done wanda and vision yeah um who else do we oh well I referenced it earlier. Do we want to rank Natasha and the Hulk? It's gonna go low. It's gonna go real low because it's dumb. It is super dumb as fuck. Super dumb, super bad. Super bad. And then do we want to separately do Clint and Natasha from the MCU specifically? Yeah, because I I actually like them more in the MCU than the comics. Yeah, same. 
I yeah. get it in the comics because, or in the MCU, because it makes sense in the MCU. Uh-huh. It, and it also isn't you preying on a child. Very true. Very, very true. Okay. So I have those two, and then I have like one more that I think would go on there from the MCU. Okay. We, I mean, I feel like I got all of my Tony and Pepper feelings out. Yeah. And and we we did address a lot of the MCU in, in the that, Avengers episode. In that in that whole uh, discussion about Tony and Pepper. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Um, oh God. Uh, Hulk and Black Widow. Dumb as fuck. Put it at the bottom. It's not going to be the and, bottom, bottom. And not even that I hate it. Not I don't even hate it so much just because it was a Joss Whedon thing, but because yeah. it came out of fucking nowhere. Like, yeah. it wasn't even like it had a setup. It didn't make any sense. It all seemed about just the need, the, like, she could calm the Hulk down, which was like, I don't care. Oh. Like, and this it- is... And it also had that upsetting, like that really upsetting conversation about her being a monster because she couldn't have kids. Yeah. And that was like, oh, I hate all of this. That's the entire uh, genesis of of that relationship. And it's because Joss Whedon wanted to make her into a monster. So he decided to pair her up with the other quote-unquote monster. And the only reason that he did that was because she had the fucking audacity to get pregnant. Yes. How dare she? Yeah. Have a real life where she same thing he did to fucking Charisma Carpenter on Angel. Mm-hmm. How dare a woman create life? And if she can't create life, she's a fucking like. How dare he have a? How dare he sit there and have a pregnant woman have that conversation in a movie? I... She was pregnant when she filmed that movie. Mm-hmm. And that's why he wrote most of her out. Like that's why they had so much dumb shit that like would not have happened to Natasha, where she just became a damsel in distress for half the movie because he didn't want to write her for anything because she was pregnant. I legitimately like I I can think of Black Widow action scenes from every other movie that she's been in except for that one. Like like big important scenes. Yep. And yeah I don't even like I remember her having that, that discussion with Hulk and like uh hey big guy sun's getting low Uh, i just love my favorite part of like literally that's my favorite part of ragnarok was oh yeah just that that joke just making fun of it it was it was perfect it was it was a perfect way to address that and they've actually done a really well a really good job of not completely erasing it but acknowledging that everybody kind of knows it was a bad idea mm-hmm. um, did you know oh the big the thing in end oh where she had the arrow necklace back in endgame uh-huh. uh-huh i was like listen i know that he has a wife but i'm okay with you being a homewrecker yeah oh this man linda cardellini deserves better she a hundred percent deserves better than fucking hawkeye and I love Hawkeye. Not that Hawkeye, though. Not that Hawkeye. <laughs> I I like him. That's not a my lot Hawkeye. Not my Hawkeye. I like him a lot more in Endgame than I have liked him previously in the movies. I will yeah. say that. 
but yeah, uh, the the entire situation of of putting Widow and Hulk together, especially when you consider like their previous interaction in the first Avengers, where like she's straight up terrified of the guy initially. Yeah. And like kind of traumatized by by like being chased by this, you know, the Hulk. And she's on a shield hel- helicarrier, however many hundreds of feet up in the air. So she's like, I Well, don't but know. even in the first interaction when he sent when she's sent to recruit him for the yeah. Avengers, like you have to imagine that a woman like Black Widow, who is, you know, a formidable assassin, has seen a lot of things, taken many, many lives. Uh-huh. To, for her to be at the point that she is scared of something uh-huh. like that, it, because she knows all he has to do is just pick her up and snap her in half. Like, that's yeah. it. Then she's done. She does not. She cannot fight the Hulk. Yeah. Because bullets aren't going to work. she's she's uh, she's a realist and she understands the aspects of any situation she's in because she has to she has to know what her escape routes are and what what she can do in any given situation and when she was with the Hulk especially before she actually gets to know him she doesn't have answers for any of that right Uh, and then for her to kind of barely have any interaction with him in the first Avengers movie. And then all of a sudden they're romantically involved in the second one. Yeah. It was, it was so out of nowhere. It was so unearned and like, Oh God, I, I hate it because it took away what people like about both characters so so in that way that we've talked about with past ships where the best ones make each character better uh and that's why you know mr miracle and big barda is so high up there and it's why clint barton and pizza is at the top because they make each other better uh but the the bad ships are the ones that actively make the characters worse. And that's exactly what this does. It, it, it robs the, it robs black widow of her agency and what makes her powerful and confident and like such a great character. It takes all of that away from her. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a complete, uh, nerfing of of who she is as a character and then you have banner who is already you know his attention mostly is on building ultron and then getting his you know co-creation under control before it destroys the universe but don't worry he'll fit in some time to you know console this poor horrible woman who can't have children it's 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 horrible it's so 
so hacky. Especially in a movie where you also have on this in the same space on the lawn in front, Steve and Tony flirting. Uh huh. So like, I, I just it's so bad. It's just such a bad call. And, and like, it's made worse when you consider the roles that uh, the other uh, two women have in the entire movie. Yeah. Because it's it's Scarlet Witch, and then this is something that I completely forgot about until I was listening to uh, Endgame review. There was a woman scientist that was helping Tony and Bruce build Ultron, yeah. and she's literally just a foil. She's just destroyed. She's no beat. reference. No reference, no just reference ever, ever again. Nope. So, like, when when you have three women in your movie, and you have Scarlet Witch, who is supposed to be incredibly powerful, but still manages to do absolutely nothing, you have... Black Widow, who we have previously seen is incredibly capable and intelligent and emotionally level-headed. Like, to a fault, she is emotionally level-headed. And you are making her into this shrinking Violet who is upset about not being able to have a baby. Uh, more upset about that than she is of the abuse that she has actually had to go through throughout her life. Right. Uh, she's more upset about not having a, a baby than she is about being abused. Right. Work that out. And then you have a doctor lady, which, hey, lady doctor, huh? Huh? Anything's possible, girls. You know, go out right. there and you get... too can be a doctor of science. Yeah, just 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 think about it. One day you too can die so that uh, Tony Stark can make a bad decision. Right. Like... Um, also, uh, once Sam leaves the movie, one of two people of color that are actual parts in the movie, uh-huh. but like regulated to being uh, basically just somebody that Ultron hurts. Yep. Like does not do anything again. The only other person of color that's in the movie is Rhodey. Mm-hmm. So, in a city that we're supposed to believe is of some sort of Eastern European, and including two characters who are in comics of Romani descent, but yes. are played by white people. Yes, it's awesome. Compare that. Compare that uh, whole kitten caboodle to uh, the unbelievable amount of diversity that is on display in Endgame. Uh, And I I can't imagine a single person wishing that Joss Whedon was back. Nope. (laughs) Who's heard of from Joss Whedon lately? uh, No, no, apparently he is working on a show for like Showtime or Star. Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard he's making... Yeah, he's making some show that's exa- basically the same show he's been making his entire career. 
Yeah, it's a badass Victorian lady who won't take no guff or yeah. some shit like that. Yeah, so it's just Victorian Buffy. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Or Victorian Dollhouse or Victorian... Victorian Firefly. So, hope Nathan Fillion's in it. <laughs> he probably won't be because Nathan Fillion has learned to move on. Has he? Because he still complains about Firefly on Twitter. So I mean, he's playing to his base when he does that, but he's like, he was on Castle for like eight years. He's on the rookie now. Like, he moved on. Yeah, he's taking jobs. That doesn't mean he's moved on. But anyway. So, yeah, uh, Hulk and Black Widow are real low. You had to expect we were going to spend a lot of time talking about how much we hate Ultron in general once yeah. we get the ship. Yeah. So, so as, much as, as much as I hate it, uh, there's... Okay, so let's just go through what the bottom five are. Uh, so very bottom, number sixty-three currently. We've got Kyle Rayner and Alex Dewitt. Uh, mm-hmm. Creation of women in fridges. Yeah. So it's already uh, above that because Natasha. He at least survives. <laughs> <laughs> like, didn't die. Good, good work. You're you're above that. The next one up is Slade and Tara. Uh, Pedophilia. Pedophilia. They're both consen- consenting adults. Uh, yeah. So at least that's one thing. So it's better than Slade and Tara. Then we have uh, Babs and Bruce, uh, which is not always pedophilia, but it, like in certain stories, the age difference is that wide. Regardless, it's still sketchy. It's just a weird sketchy. The way it was done was sketchy and weird. Yeah, because it was also her breaking up a re- breaking up her relationship with Dick, and uh-huh. also she had a pregnancy that was terminated by being Batgirl. So, right, not a good look overall. Not great. Not great. Um, so, Hulk and Black Widow. At least they're not that bad. Next one up, Clint and Kate. Also pedophilia. Also weird age stuff and yeah. taking advantage of somebody that you're supposed to a mentor mentee a mentor. thing. Yeah. yeah. So better than that. Uh then we have uh Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh so we have domestic abuse. Domestic abuse. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then we have Batman and Hush. <laughs> I would put them between the two. I would too. Because like, there's nothing inherently wrong with Batman and Hush. You just don't like Hush. Exactly. (laughs) And and like, that's that's the thing. I I can't come up with a real reason. I mean, arguably, he is a sociopath, and like Bruce doesn't want anything to do with him. Like that. I mean, he has actively tried to kill. Bruce and his children but it's more the fact that like he ships it like Tommy ships it he thinks that he and Bruce are in love yeah so that like I can't I'm very upset about not being the best man at the wedding I know 
And so as much as I wish we could go higher, uh, just to push Bruce and Hush further down, uh, our new 59 is going to be Natasha Romanoff and Bruce Banner. R.I.P. So sad. So, so sad. And that, and, and while we're here, since we've talked so much about uh, how Joss Whedon totally fucked up Black Widow, um, we, we got to talk about how freaking awesome she is in Endgame. I mean, she's just, I, listen, I don't care for Scarlett Johansson and I don't care for the MC ver- MCU version of Natasha, but like the last three movies that she's been in, uh, um, Winter Soldier, the, the three Russo movies, the th- Russo trilogy, if you will. Because they did. Your uh, so oh, Infinity War, right? Yeah, I'm th- I forgot about Infinity War. Okay, oh, so yeah. the last four that they've done that are have been Russo properties, they know how to write for Scarlett Johansson's style of acting mm-hmm. in a way that also makes sense for who Black Widow is as a character, and so she has been tolerable, if not entertaining. And like I've made this joke multiple times, but if you had told 2010 Kelsey that she was going to cry about Black Widow dying in Endgame. She would have punched you right in the face because I was fresh rage about her in Iron Man 2 and everything that they did to fuck up Iron Man 2 and like the fact that like Scarlett Johansson was our choice over Emily Blunt. Oh, God. And I'm still like, I'm still mad about that. But I did. She did like give have some emotional like just her whole performance in Endgame was very good. And that I say that with all of like all of my hatred and I still don't love Scarlett Johansson. I never will. Yeah. But her Black Widow in the last few movies has been very good. Uh And she did a really good job kind of because I just saw a thing recently about how every Avenger was supposed to be a different stage of grief. Oh my God. And that's why they all so like, Tony was in acceptance and he had moved on and needed to move on for his. So he was acceptance and Steve and um, Natasha were both in denial and bargaining. Um, Thor was in depression um, and um, Hulk was in, I think also was at a stage of acceptance because he had also used it to move on. Yeah. And so they were each at a different stage of grief and her establishing that, like, I'm still in denial. I still think that I can fix this. Like just making herself a sad peanut butter sandwich and just like being like, also there was, I didn't see, I haven't, I still haven't seen Captain Marvel and probably never will, but I guess there was a whole note that they made or somebody made pointed out that she cuts her sandwich the way Fury cuts his sandwiches. Uh Uh-huh. Which was also like a cute character note that I was like, oh, nice nod. Like that's a nice nod to the fact that like he, she saw him as a as a support figure. Yeah. And it just that when I looked at it through that lens of like they're each at a different stage of grief, like that spoke to me a little bit more and like made her performance that much better. Yeah. And like just getting to the point where the end of her arc is realizing the only thing that I'm gonna feel 
like I did my job or what I wanted to do of like redeeming myself for all of the bad things that I did is if I do this last sacrifice. Yeah. And it was the same with Tony. She's always been looking for a way to uh, wipe her ledger clean. Yeah. She, she always carried the, the people that she had killed with her and, and that, like that was just a constant source of uh, frustration that she had. Yeah. And, Which, uh, she, she, she just always wanted to make it right in some way. Yeah. Which made it make sense why the two of the Avengers, the two to fall and stay and die were Tony and Natasha mm-hmm. because both of them started a redemption arc. Yeah. You know, and, I'll tell you after because I will cry on this, so I won't. I'm not going to say any more about the Tony one. But somebody somebody posted something that was um, about Tony's arc and how it comes to a close, and it just I'm thinking about it and crying. So let's talk about something else okay. <laughs> because I don't want to cry on a podcast. Uh, all right. So uh, Natasha and Clint <laughs> in the uh, MCU. <laughs> yeah, um, considerably higher. So from the beginning, like even the bad, ver- even though I don't love Avengers, the first Avengers, like I see them having an established, like they have chemistry together. Yeah. I see them having an established relationship. Like she really, her whole thing, motivation in that movie is to save her partner. Mm-hmm. And I thought for sure by the time we got to Avengers 2, they would have been a couple. Oh, and yeah. They had to go and get this weird family uh-huh. that Clint has. And it's the greatest injustice of the MCU is that they weren't just a couple. Because even in Endgame, his whole thing was he wanted to get his family back. But you could not convince me that he didn't want to give Natasha a farewell bump before they left, like uh-huh. before she killed herself. Like she, he want they. I thought for sure they were gonna fuck right there in front of the Red Skull. Oh, totally, totally. <laughs> Because they did really have good chemistry, and I don't love Jeremy Renner either. I don't care for either of them, but like. Holy shit. <laughs> and, and that was the weird thing because like early on in the MCU, there was no real strong romantic relationships uh, at all. So when you hit Avengers and, and everybody saw it, I mean, I only know this because I was huge into Tumblr at that time. But like people latched on to, yeah, uh, on to Clintasha like crazy because it was the first time in the movie where you could actually see like the real connection between two of the characters. So everybody was just like, "Well, yeah, obviously, they're, like they they are the characters. She's wearing an arrow necklace. This well, and is she still clearly. is." In Winter Soldier, which Whedon just fucking ignores and is like Hulk and Natasha. And it's like, what? Why? We what why? That's part also part of why Hulk and Natasha suck so much, because it's like it comes out of nowhere when we've already established she very clearly had feelings for Clint the whole time. Yeah. And yeah. he reciprocated. Absolutely. And, oh. and, and and like the fact that they never followed that thread it's 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 beyond me it it really 
it was a like, huge, huge missed opportunity to actually. I, genu- I genuinely don't understand the need to include this family that he has. I don't like, I genuinely don't know because even if you're going off of the ultimates, like they are in literally a page and exist to be murdered. Uh-huh. Like that's how you find out that Black Widow is a double agent in Ultimates is because she kills Clint's family and then Clint kills her. Yeah. And I just, I just will never understand what thought process Joss Whedon was in where he took an already established something he even wrote. Like he even included their like interactions were done on his set, like in his movie. Yeah. And then they, the Russos just built on that in winter soldier. So then we get to, we get to Ultron and we're like, cool, Clint Natasha. Why is she dating Bruce Banner? Yeah. It was it was like it was like Joss Whedon had seen something posted online where it was like the headline was the link and it was like our favorite ship from Avengers is Black Widow and huh. and it just cuts off at the H and he was right. just like I know exactly Hulk. what you're going for, Hulk. You got it, guys. Like, it's either he completely misunderstood or actively changed it because he wanted to piss people off and, like, swerve people because that was the, oh, nobody's going to expect this. You're right, because it didn't make any sense. Ugh. Yeah. I'm so um, glad he's gone. I'm so glad. Could you imagine the absolute shit show that would be Joss Whedon's Infinity War and Endgame? Ugh. It, it wouldn't have been good, I'll tell you that much. It would have been the laughing stock of the world. We would have gone backwards. <laughs> we would have we would have gone backwards from where we had come. Uh-huh. And we yeah. definitely would not be as starry eyed and, and misty eyed and satisfied yeah. as we are right now. It I think it would have I think it would have had the same effect as Batman and Robin, where it would have just killed everything for a couple of years. Whereas <laughs> like, oh uh Maybe maybe superhero movies need to take a hibernation for a little bit. Yeah, uh, maybe we should. Maybe we put too much money into this MCU thing. Yeah, yeah. But it is it is frustrating because it it, it feels like if it's tough to say because I feel like Clint's family actually does make the ending for Natasha in Endgame means something more uh, because she she knows that this is what is going to be right for her and put her conscience at, at rest and like wipe that slate clean but she also knows that Clint isn't too far gone and he has a chance to get his family back so it's it's that that thing whereas if they were together at that point 
it would just be which one of these boyfriends or girlfriends is going to kill each other. And it's like, oh, well, man, that's that's really weird and uncomfortable. Um, So I don't know. I don't know if you have the same level of emotion if you don't have that family. So I think they worked it the best that they could. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I do also think that, like, you know, he might not have gone full Ronin. Yeah. He didn't have that family and we could have worked. We still could have worked with it. Like he still could have been upset, you know, and still struggling the same way the rest of them are because, you know, none of the rest of them lost a family except for the Avengers. And they all seem to have accurate levels of emotion. You know, they all lost friends. They all lost colleagues. And like, they also lost half of life in the universe. Uh (laughs) So it still seems like he could still have an appropriate level of energy. But I also think that when we're getting to that moment of her self-sacrifice, like that moment still would have had the same weight because they would, it would then just be a like, no, I'm going to do it because I want, I don't want to see you die. And it could have been more of a like, because the devastation that he has when she dies is like, that is not somebody who didn't have, emotional feelings for this person like you cannot tell me that he went home to his wife and wasn't thinking about Natasha uh-huh. because yeah. like for sure he loved her very much at one point in his life if not still did mm-hmm. so and that was that was a performance that I haven't seen out of Jeremy Renner since uh, the Hurt Locker right like I haven't seen that level of emotion from him since yeah because he's the bad guy in the town so he doesn't get to have that emotional arc right so and uh, like when he's in american hustle he's the only likable character in the entire movie yeah and everybody else is just shitty around him it's like oh yeah okay um but yeah i would say clintasha is it it's still one of those things that will always confound me uh, from these early MCU years, because guess what? After you make you know two billion dollars in a week, uh, we're we're gonna get Marvel movies for a while, guys. Just yeah, just buckle in. Sorry about it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry not sorry. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm gonna get a Captain Marvel trilogy. Uh, so that's rad. <laughs> like I'm excited about that. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm not mad at you. You know, yeah. I got my trilogy, even if two of them weren't great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because because even though they weren't great, they still had some fun stuff in them. Yeah, there are parts of them that I can still look back on and go like, this entertained me, and I enjoyed this part, and like. Yeah. You know, I thought it was also nice that they brought back that kid from Iron Man 3 and, like, implied that they kept in touch and that he still, you know, he didn't just ditch this fucking kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although, although uh, Kevin Smith had a joke where, where he was like, uh, that kid's appearance would be way better if they just threw up a Chiron on there that just says the kid from Iron Man 3. 
Right. So everybody, because also he's aged. So yeah. like, who the fuck is this guy? Everybody came out of the movie like, who the fuck was that kid? Except for me, because I knew. Because I went in and I went, hey, that's that kid from Iron Man 3. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got you got the heads up, probably. No, I didn't. The only thing the only thing I knew going into the movie was just that Tony died. Okay. I didn't know any circumstances. I didn't know any spoilers. I didn't know how. I didn't know if that was the beginning of the movie or the end of the movie. Like, I assumed they weren't going to kill him in space. No. <laughs> like, no. By himself with Nebula. And then Nebula shows up and is like, here's your dead friend. <laughs> like... Also, also, can I say, I fucking called it. I called it however many months ago when that first trailer happened. And you had Tony up on the ship giving that message. And I said, I bet you Captain Marvel is the one that saves him. And she brings I mean, everybody back. called that. We all knew that that was what was going to happen. So but I was just so excited. How else, I mean, how else was he going to get back? <laughs> I don't know. Tony Stark it. Like, you know. It, um, it was very clear from that trailer that he had run out of Tony Stark options. <laughs> And then, and then, he later, done all the Tony Starking he could. And then later in that movie, he invents time travel. So I'm sorry for not fully being on board of him not being able to pull a Tony Stark and just make it work. And I feel like at some point, though, you run out of cert- like I don't know if you're running out of air, you're out of food and water, like. He was able to build the Iron Man because somebody kept bringing him tools to do it, thinking he was building a bomb. So it's not like he didn't have anybody, any options. Like, he just had limited options. True. It's not, he was, just, like, you, if you don't have fuel for a, a spaceship, you don't have fuel for a spaceship, you know? <laughs> like, you don't, like, that's the end. <laughs> like, you can you can't. Iron Man your way out of that if there's no way to do it. Like, you've still got to have... He had resources to build Iron Man. He had a box of scraps. He had a box of scraps. You know, there's a point where there's certain resources required for things to happen, so... All right, where do we want to rank these two so I can... Yeah, I was was just about to bring up that we're about to hit two hours, which means the anchor will cut us off. Uh, So... All right. I think they go I think they go above Stephen Bucky. That's um fair. I'm trying to do you think they go above Tony and Bethany? Mm, no. That's kind of where my ceiling was. Because I think they're probably better than Superboy and Miss Martian. Yeah, I would agree there. But just a little bit. Like, just a little bit. Just slightly, because it's that thing of, like, we'd, we could have had uh-huh. it. <laughs> if, if it, it, it's, it's one of those things where if we would have just gotten the relationship as it should have been, it would have been really pretty fantastic. All right. Well, that's our new number, tw- uh, number 16. Oh, man. Yeah. We had. 
hey, guess what? That push, now we've added another one. So that pushes Hashimoto. Yes, it does. So you still got your win. (laughs) All right. All right. We don't have time to do Peter and Gamora, but I hate Uh them. So I hate Peter. So I don't care enough to rank it. Gamora deserves better. And, and, and the, like, just to get into it real, real quick, uh, them being that close of a relationship kind of unearned. Uh, I don't, I don't think they really put in the work to make that believable. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to uh, the end of this week's episode of the shipping manifest or this bye week i don't know uh so we're gonna be coming back in two weeks with a star wars episode or who knows uh we might just talk about Endgame again you just make it two episodes of us just talking about you know what infinity war and Endgame was a two-parter this could be a two-parter we don't know yet we went two hours and there's still a lot that we could talk about but anyway so Probably much. Star Wars. No, there's not much left that I can talk about without crying. Oh, true, so. true. That's the, that's the except for except for my favorite. I have to amend. I do have an additional favorite part, real quick, before okay. we end that. End this. Um, I can do this all day. You know, oh God, yes. <laughs> As a Captain America fan, just Cap being annoyed with Cap. <laughs> As a Captain America fan, that spoke to me. Where we're like. <laughs> like just seeing that that endless optimism of pre-winter soldier cap yeah <laughs> like you don't you have no right. idea what you're about to go through you know, <laughs> your life is going through hell. you you have no idea okay all right we're we're gonna wrap it up uh so we'll see you in two weeks with probably star wars uh but until then hopefully star wars yeah hopefully star wars i'm kelsey nicole all right keep on shipping stay fresh cheese bag oh no